we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Can the mind be aware of the content of its conditioning only and not try to go beyond it? Hello and welcome to episode 97 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti podcast is based on a major theme of the philosopher's talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, beauty, intelligence and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is conditioning. Upcoming themes are enlightenment, security and silence. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please see our official YouTube channel for hundreds of video and audio recordings of Krishnamurti's full talks and shorter extracts. We are a non-profit charity and rely on your support to continue to preserve and make Krishnamurti's work available. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This week's episode on conditioning has two sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk in Sanan, 1973, titled Freeing the Mind from the Web of Conditioning. Our minds are conditioned. From the moment we are born or previously till we die, And the transformation is the total freedom from this conditioning. And this conditioning exists through the various movements of culture, artistic, religious, technological, political, economic, scientific and all that. Can this mind be aware of this conditioning? Can you be aware of it? Aware in the sense, I mean by that word, to observe, please listen to this, to observe without any distortion. To observe your conditioning, that is your culture, your civilization, all the movements of social, you know, all that's going on in the world of which you are a part, to observe that, to become aware of that. I'm, we mean by that word aware to observe without any distortion of opinion, conclusion, without the interference of your tendency or your particular experience, to, to be aware of this conditioning without any choice, just to watch. (coughs) 
and in the ob- in the observation of it <coughs> you will then deny if you go deeply enough totally all this culture and yet you have to live in this world that's the problem you understand my i hope you are following all this you know i'm to me this is a, i'm burning with it how can i how can this mind live in this world which is so appalling so destructive so meaningless and turn my back on it completely and i mean by turning back actually put away all the rubbish it has put in my mind their religions their attitudes their opinions their immorality their sense of monetary import you know the whole of that the killing can i turn my back on it and let and yet live here not withdraw run away into some monastery that's no meaning i do not know if you ever played that game of withdrawing from the world withdrawing to a monastery or to a room cutting everything out of so that you are you are you're completely isolated and if you have ever done it even for a day or even for a week you'll soon find out that's not the way out that's again the movement of thought which in its reaction to this mad confused insane world says i can only solve it by withdrawing it so my question is first can this mind which is the result of this civilization and this culture and therefore has very little meaning can my can the mind become aware of it choicelessly observe and yet i have to live here i have to i have to do things every day how is this possible you following all this first of all we must be very clear that the description is not the described right what we have described put into words is not the thing itself Are you very certain, clear, 
that there must be radical transformation. Not have your finger in this social order or in this uh, church or in this sect or in this book or in this total transformation. And third, this mind, which is the result of this culture, this civilization, is the result of that. And to be free of that conditioning, you must totally deny the culture and yet live in this world. Right? Now, how is this to be done? Right? I hope you are following all this. I hope I am making myself clear. I have to live in this world. all the madness around me, this madness which has tried to give a meaning to life, and in the observation of it I see it has no meaning. I have to live with this structure and yet not belong to it in any way. Right? Now, is this possible? I cannot escape into some fanciful world. I cannot escape through any commune. I cannot escape from it by becoming a another religion, joining another religion becoming a Hindu instead of a Christian, or a Buddhist, or a worshipper of some ugly little guru. And there are plenty of them. So I am, I am stuck with this, because I have pushed away all that. I don't look to anybody. Not that I am full of confidence in myself, I have no confidence in myself. If I have confidence in myself, I am deceiving myself. What can I have confidence in when the whole of me is the result of this structure, of this civilization, of this culture? So I have no confidence in myself. I have no belief. Please follow all this. I don't look to anybody, to any god, to any image, to any priest, to any structure that thought has put together as religion. 
this Christian religion, Hindu, nothing. Because they are, they are the culture which has shaped me, which, in which I live, which has brought about this mad world. World of insanity, war, brutality, chicanery, deception, hypocrisy. Right? So I am left with my conditioning. I am nothing else. I have no meaning to life, because any meaning I invent will be out of my conditioning. Any God I project will be out of my conditioning, as a reaction to what I have been conditioned. I have been conditioned as a Christian, I will reject and react to that and join, create another. So I have, I have only this left with me. I hope you are following this. Now, how is the mind to free itself from this web, which is very deep, conscious as well as deeply unconscious? How is the mind to disentangle itself and make itself completely free, original, pristine, clear? You understood my If this is your problem, not imposed by me, but you have come to it, you have come to it because you have looked round the world, you have looked at yourself, you have looked at your struggles, your pains, your anxieties, your fears. And you have observed a new structure socially doesn't solve this problem. May solve some superficial problems, like having a better prison. So if you have come to the same thing, that is, you have observed in your life not only the way of your life, the conflict, the struggle, the deceptions which you practice on others and about yourself, the sorrow, the irresponsible life that one leads, the meaninglessness of it all. And you have also observed the outer world, the world of the Far East, the world of the Middle East, the world of the Europe, European and the American and all the rest. It's all it's all there to look, to be looked at. And if you have really deeply rejected all that and are, have only this left, that your mind is conditioned,
and any projection from that conditioned mind creates further confusion, further misery, further conflict. Right? So the question then is, can the mind free itself from its conditioning? Now, is this possible? Man has inquired, gone into this as far as this, and said, it's not possible, I can't do it. Therefore what he has done is he looks to an outside agency. Please listen to this. That outside agency is God, is some superhuman energy, superhuman consciousness. That superhuman consciousness, superhuman energy, superhuman God is the projection of His conditioning. Are you following? So man, being aware of his conditioning, not being able to solve it, moves away from it, creates an illusion, and that illusion becomes his reality. But it is his projection, whether in the field of ideology, religion and so on. So, there is no outside agency. You understand? I hope you are following all this. What we are doing is discarding Everything that man has tried or tried in his search, in his inquiry, discarding everything that thought has put together outwardly. So you are left with this, your conditioning. Whether you are aware of it or not, that's up to you. How deeply or how superficially, it's still up to you. But if you are really desperately serious, wholly committed to this one thing, then we can take the journey together. So, can the mind, or rather has the mind the energy, please listen, has the mind the energy to explore without any distortion the whole content of the mind which is conditioned. I need energy, don't I? To investigate anything I need energy. To go up to that mountain, I need energy. And here I need tremendous energy. And I, I, I will have it in abundance if that energy is not dissipated. You are following? I dissipate that energy when I seek an outside agency. I dissipated that energy when I said it cannot be done. Or I dissipate that energy when I say it, oh yes, quite easy, let's work at it. 
I dissipate that energy when I want to go beyond it. I dissipate that energy when I look to another, to an authority, to a book, to... So, uh, that energy becomes canalized, vital, immense, when there is no escape from the central issue, which is, can the mind be aware of its... of the content of this conditioning only, and not try to go beyond it. I don't know if you follow all this. Right? You know, sir, this is the most arduous thing to be so completely concerned and committed to the solution of this problem. It's like a scientist not the scientist who is committed to a government, he is not a scientist at all, but I like a scientist who is really concerned objectively, without any hypothesis, without any desire to produce a result, observing everything in himself, which is his conditioning. Then you have the energy. Right? You're following all this. Not the energy to do more good, not the energy to do more yoga, or to convert others, or to write books. We are talking of a totally different kind of energy. The energy that is... that has been wasted, dissipated. Now it is... it's all there, held together. Now, what is the content of this mind, and is the content different from the mind? You follow? I want to find out what the content of my mind is. And is the content different from the mind itself? And is there a mind, consciousness, without the content? Is this all too much of a morning? Is not the content, the mind. The content is not different from the mind. I mean by the mind, the totality. The brain, with all its memories, the feeling, the heart with its affection, with its care, with its tenderness, the physical organism, all that I call the mind.
It isn't just the intellectual mind. The intellect, the capacity to reason, sanely, logically, all the feeling that one has, affection, the hurts, the, the sense of beauty, the sense of the sensitivity, the, the fear, all that. When I use the mind, I include all that. Now I'm asking myself, my mind is conditioned, obviously. And that conditioning is knowledge. That knowledge is based on experience, whether it's mine or yours or ten thousand people, which is the culture, the civilization. Now, is the content different from the mind, or the content makes up the consciousness? So there is no division between the content and consciousness. Are you following on this? We are together in this. Now, this is important. Please bear this in mind. The content is consciousness. Consciousness is the content. Therefore, there is no me different from the content. Right? It's some difficult thing for you to see this. Look. I'm trying to find an example, but I can't. I can't think in examples. What I'm trying to point out is there are no divisions in the content as the me different from the thing it observes as the content. Right? Am I conveying anything? To Look, sir, I'll put it differently. The mind is is conditioned. And I'm asking, can the mind be ever free from this conditioning? And in this conditioning there is the observer as the me and the thing it observes as the conditioning. Right? So there is a division in this condition. The observer who says, I am different from the conditioning, therefore the observer can change the conditioning. He can shape it, control it, alter it. as long as there is the division between the observer and the observed, which is the content. And the observer says to himself, I am different from the content. I am the higher self, you know, all that 
tricks one plays upon oneself. But you have it in this, in this culture, in the Eastern culture, in a different way. So, consciousness is made up of the content, and the content is consciousness. They are one. So there is no division as the observer and the observed. Hmm? Please see this. Either you see it intellectually, verbally, and therefore very little meaning, or you realize the truth of it. Therefore, you eliminate altogether conflict. You understand this? That is, when there is a division between the observer and the observed, the observer is something different from the observed, Where there is division in this conditioning, there must be conflict. Right? And that's part of our culture. I am different. I am the will exercising over the content to change it. I don't know if you follow this. So, where there is division, there must be conflict. Division between Europe and America, between the communist and the socialist and the capitalist, between the nationalities of Hindu and the Muslim and the Arab and the Jew. You are following all this? Where there is division, that is the truth, an aphorism. Where there is division, there must be conflict. If I am divided from you, as my wife, husband, neighbour, whatever it is, brother, in that division there must be conflict. And part of my culture, my conditioning, is that I am different from that which I observe. I am an Englishman. You follow? I am a Jew, or a Muslim, or a Hindu. Oh, that stupid nonsense! So, the content of consciousness is conscious, is the whole. There is no division. See how the problem becomes much more difficult. Before I solved it, I thought I solved it by inventing the observer, different from the thing he observes. And therefore, the whole concept of control, which is part of our civilization. Part of discipline, control, imitation, conformity, and which we have been brought up from childhood, which is part of our culture, which is, which is my, the conditioning. I wonder if you are meeting all this. And my conditioning says, I am different from the thing which I observe. Of course I am different from the thing which I observe as the tree, as the mountain. We are not talking of that. We are talking of the total content of consciousness in which the I is different from the thing which it observes. Therefore there is a division as the observer and the observed. Oh, you are getting all this. Hmm? 
So I have eliminated the cause of conflict. You understand this? Huh? For God's sake, do! Because then you will be free of conflict. Conflict exists in duality – me and you, we and they. I must be jealous, I am jealous, I must not be jealous. I am violent, I must not be violent. The I is different from, the, from violence. That is the culture in which we have been brought up. And we are saying that culture has conditioned the mind to divide itself, to fragment itself. And so the battle goes on endlessly. But when you see the content makes up consciousness, then there is no fragmentation, not one area fighting another area. I wonder if you see this. So we find that any fragmentation is the process of thought. Look, sir, this is. Please bear with me a little if I labor the point. We have come to this point, which is that we know we are conditioned. And not being able to resolve that conditioning, thought says there must be a different force, a different energy, different Spirit in me that can say, I will turn away from it. You following this? This they have done in India in a different way. And as India exploded over the over whole of Asia, they have caught the Indian spirit that is, <coughs> there is a higher self different from the lower self. And therefore, the higher self can control the lower self. They have given it a name and they are pursuing that philosophy endlessly. Because they haven't been able to solve the central issue, which is can the mind free itself from its conditioning? And as they have not been able to answer it, they invented a an entity, an outside agency, a superconsciousness which will solve, which will dissolve the conditioning. Now, you see, and you do it in the same way here differently. It's the same issue, which is the human mind is conditioned after centuries and centuries of knowledge experience, so-called culture, civilization, is caught in a trap. The trap is not the trap is not different from the mind itself. The mind is the trap. The content is, the co is consciousness. Not being able to solve it, we say, please, how can I turn my back if there is not a different me, if there is not a different entity in me which says, I will turn? The invention of a different me is part of my conditioning, which is the result of a thought confronted with a problem that is insoluble by thought. 
What I am trying to point out, sir, is that any movement of a conditioned mind is a movement away from it, and therefore it cannot solve it. The mind has to limit it, you understand? The mind has no escape from it. The mind cannot say, well, I will leave it alone, something will solve it. I have to be with it, the mind has to be with it, look at it, you know, immovable. I wonder if you understand all this. And because we cannot do it, we invent. They may different from the thing observed. If you see the the truth of this, you understand, the logic, the truth, the, the reason of it, which is the mind, the whole of the mind is the content which is the conditioning. Any movement, as the observer wanting to change the conditioning, is still part of that conditioning. <coughs> when you see the truth of that, There is no movement away from that fact. There is no movement away or to transform what is. Then what takes place? You understand? That's the problem. I realize, mind realizes after observing the world, the world of Europe, America, Asia, Russia, China, the various systems, the various philosophies, the various teachers, gurus, saviors, the various scientists that are concerned with technology, and the pure scientists, and the medical profession, all that, observing the whole of that. In seeing that, the mind is aware that it is part of it. That is me, and me is that. The world is me, and I am the world. There is no difference. If I am not fighting the world, because I am the world, and this culture which is the world, this culture with its, you know, what this present culture is, a historical process, a growth, democratic or so-called democracy, tyranny, all that. That is the culture which the, in which the mind has lived, grown, assimilated, and is. That mind is conditioned by this culture. And this culture says, there is in you something different from the culture. And I accept it, as they do in India and elsewhere. And when I look at it, when, I, when the mind observes it, it says, there is only one thing, total condition in which all these fragmentary things exist. And that conditioning is the result of time. Can, my, can the mind observe it, live with it, without any movement away from it? You can only live with it totally if you do not want to go beyond it. 
escape from it, change it. And the mind will find it tremendously difficult to live with what is. Either it becomes neurotic, as it generally does, psychologically distorted, or it escapes from it, and so it finds devious ways and means of avoiding actually what is. And to remain with it without any movement, without any distortion, requires great energy. And that energy comes only when you don't dissipate it. The second and final extract is from the seventh talk in Sanan, 1981, titled Can One Specialize Yet Function Wholly? Now, together, if we have gone that far, then we can begin to examine what is actually meditation. The Christian form of that is contemplation. Contemplation is different from meditation. Meditation is the capacity of the brain which has which is no longer functioning partially, which you talked about also, but brain that is has freed itself from its conditioning and therefore functioning as a whole. Such a brain is different from mere contemplation. I can be conditioned as a Christian Hindu, whatever you will, and I can contemplate from my background, from my conditioning. That contemplation does not free my conditioning. But meditation demands, and therefore it becomes extraordinarily serious and requires a great deal of inquiry and attention. It requires a great deal of attention, not to function partially. Which we again explain carefully. Partially, we mean in a particular specialization or to function in a particular occupation to narrowly make the brain or allow the brain to accept beliefs, tradition, dogmas, rituals, which are only partial, all those invented by thought. The Christians have this word faith. And if one has faith in God of whatever you will, things will be all right, or things will come out all right. This has been the slogan for two thousand years, and the Asiatic Asiatics have their own form of faith: karma, reincarnation, evolution, time, and so on. So, meditation is different from contemplation, 
in the sense that meditation demands that the brain be alive, brain is no longer conditioned to act partially but wholly. Right? That that is the requirement for meditation. Otherwise, meditation has no meaning. So how the question then is, is it possible living in this world which demands certain forms of specialization, a skillful carpenter, skillful mechanic, skillful mathematician, or a very skillful housewife, it doesn't matter. Living in this world which demands these and yet allow, and yet be free from specialization. You I wonder if we are together in this. Suppose I am a physicist, that is, theoretical physicist, and I have spent my life, most of my life, in formulating mathematically, thinking about it, questioning it, asking, cultivating tremendous knowledge about it, and my brain has become specialised. Narrowed down. And yet I begin to inquire into meditation. Right? And in my inquiry into meditation, I can only partially understand the significance and the depth of that word, because I am anchored in something else. Right? I wonder if we are meeting each other. Right? I am anchored in my theoretical physicist as my profession. Anchored there, I begin to inquire theoretically whether there is timeless, whether there is what is meditation, and so on. So my inquiry becomes partial again. Right? But I have to live in this world. I am a professor at some university. I have got a wife, children, I have the responsibility of all that. And perhaps I am also ill. I have got responsibility for all that. And yet I want to inquire very profoundly into the nature of truth, which is part of meditation. So my approach is partial. So my question is, is it possible to have to be specialized as a carpenter and yet leave it at a certain level, so that my brain, the brain which is a common brain to all humanity, and this is very difficult for people to accept. Your brain is not your brain, it has been growing for millions of years accumulate all kinds of knowledge. It is not yours. Your consciousness is not your consciousness, which you readily accept, but you would rather resist when you say your brain is not yours. It is, the, it is grown through space and time which is common to all humanity. This we won't go into now. So my question is, being specialised, can I 
Can I, can my brain say yes? It has its function, but that function is not going to interfere, right? I wonder if you understand all this. I'm a carpenter, but I'm a, I know the quality of wood, the tools, the grain, the beauty of the wood, and so on. I say yes, that's not natural. I must have that. But the brain that has cultivated the speciality cannot possibly understand the wholeness of meditation. Right? If that if I, I as a carpenter understand this, the truth of it, that I as a carpenter, have a place, but that cannot, that's, that specialization has no place in the wholeness of comprehension, right? In the wholeness of understanding meditation. If I see the truth of that, then specialization becomes small affair.